This is a fourth hand production. Lastly, there is medical cannibalism, and this was practiced widely in Europe during the Middle Ages. Medical cannibalism meant eating human parts for medical benefits because everybody in the Middle Ages was very, very smart, highly intelligent people. <laughs> Way on top of their game. Huge. It was widely it was widely believed that human parts were perfect for curing several ailments such as gout and headaches. <laughs> believe in ghosts and the paranormal now are they are they ufos or are they like some crazy experimental you know governmental i don't uh, know planes that they're building? and police in espanola are catching more than just criminals they're catching images of what they believe are ghosts weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. And welcome to Strange Uncles. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm hungry. Oh, I did me see more? Come on, man. Take care of yourself, Josh. Jesus. Now you're supposed to say, hi, Hungry, I'm dead. Oh, God oh, damn it. I missed the golden opportunity. Y'all fucking blew it. God damn it. Okay. I'd, Can we'll we start again. this over and yeah, just yeah, pretend yeah, like we, we didn't do it? <laughs> fuck that whole bitch completely. Man, oh, usually man. I'm so quick with the horrible dad jokes, too. I know. It's really weird because you're like the youngest one of us and have no kids and no interest in kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but so, somehow I think the jokes are just like. Uh, oh, that's Dad funny. jokes are prime real estate. They yeah, really like are, as especially far as comedy nowadays. goes, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. That's awesome. Damn it. Okay, I think you hit time. 35 and it's just instinctual. Yeah, it it's is. like the yeah. new balances just grow on your feet. Exactly. Like the dad <laughs> joke's just like you become it. Yeah, yeah you, you wake up one yeah. day and your vans have just been magically replaced with white mm-hmm. new balances. Right. And you just like can't resist saying the dumbest shit. Oh, yeah. Jesus. And I you hope just that's need extra pockets on all of your shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I did just buy some shorts uh, with a lot of pockets, but they're not cargo. Oh. They're, the fanci- they're the fancy man's cargo shorts. Oh, the pockets are like sort of hidden. They're like cool and sleek. Are they? Nice. Okay, fucking I want to see them. And, and one of the pockets me. is like RF ID. Oh, nice. Uh, protected or whatever. Stealing your yield credit card information. Yield credit card uh, information. Yeah. Yeah. You can, can throw away that. Uh, they can't possibly fuck my shit up worse than I have. I know. You know what? Right. This, I've been wondering this actually for a while. So the floor mats at the place I work are like RIFD protected, chipped or something. Really? Why would you need a floor mat in a brewery to have that? Um, it depends on how, uh, or how would that even work? How wide the field is. Right. So like the way that like your credit hmm. card that you tap that you don't mm-hmm. have to like insert works and the way that like your badge to like scan into a building or something works is it has a little chip in there that emits RFID. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have something that disrupts that or shields it, depending on how it's set up, it might maybe be like oh hey you don't need to worry about the fucking bartender stealing your credit card with an rfid reader because the floor mats will stop that from happening i don't know that's my guess but. <laughs> yeah. i was gonna say you're just gonna so every, every time i every time i roll it up i just see it like because it's underneath or whatever and it says that or whatever i'm like why? could also but be why 
from the manufacturer just for like inventory and scanning like that kind of shit yeah mm. it's just kinda been like a mystery a, that's been on my mind kind of like a barcode is it really on your mind that much or is it just one of those, every time uh, i roll up the mats at the end of the night i'm <laughs> yeah, like why the fuck <laughs> is this rfid protected or whatever, oh, whatever it is that's funny yeah, I don't know. I you know I eyeballed them. They got like the RFID wallets and shit like that. But yeah, like Josh said, man, fuck it. I, I'll tape a twenty on my windshield. Somebody take my identity. I, I dare you. Have fun. Fucking yeah. Go go, go ahead, play around. You know. Yeah, yeah. And oh, more power. Actually, I had to freeze all my credit bureau, like my credit score stuff, because somebody did try to steal it back when Damn. before I fucked my life up all over again. Because you know I do that pretty regularly. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I was it, like, oh, no, crazy. I actually have money right now. Lock, 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 lock. Yeah, and I was about to say, off. yeah, I was about to say, no one steal mine because I'm doing pretty, pretty okay right now. So, well, see, now you well, got it out there, John. Good job, dude. My you 800 credit wallet score can RFID uh, shielded <laughs> fucking pocket. Money. I guess, I guess so. I still what you're getting for your birthday. You're getting one of those fancy wallets. Yep. There you go. I, I still, want the rug. I still laugh. I just wear it as like a hula skirt. I still laugh. Go. We, uh, what the fuck? When we opened our business account, we became an LLC. And Josh, you're talking about your credit score, and it was like 666. I'm like, that's fucking classic. <laughs> that's awesome. Couldn't it be Which, better. Which, by the way, was fair. <laughs> Not good. But yeah, fair, sure, yeah, yeah. A yeah. credit a six 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 isn't too bad. No, yeah. no, not, at not all. great, just, but yeah. it's not bad. No, yeah. Well, I did a really good job of, uh, you know, welcome to our financial podcast. But I did a really good <laughs> job of uh, of getting all my credit cards paid off, and my credit score got really good. And then uh, turns out, if you go to the bar a lot and always put it on your credit card and forget to pay it off as you go, shit, shit happens. Next thing you know, uh, oh yeah, yeah, is giving you a thirteen thousand dollar balance that you've almost maxed out. Holy smokes! Yeah, wow. I didn't ask for that. I didn't want it. I'm kind of pissed off that they gave it to me, but I took full advantage of it. So. <laughs> well, and see, this is what I'm talking about. You hit like uh-huh. thirty five, and just the dad is in us. So, like, we have to just talk about credit scores and <laughs> fucking sh- every, every, shit every, like that. It's every, just like yeah. in our fucking oh my god nature. And, and I am I, wearing yeah. running shoes. So. <laughs> Touche. I got vans on if it makes anybody feel any good. I haven't graduated. Check them. Yet, Have so. they turned into fucking new They're slowly <laughs> morphing into white. After new the show, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, well, welcome, everybody. Yeah, financial, strange uncles, financial advice here for everybody, you know, just in case. We'll tell you how We're to fuck your life up. Yeah, exactly. We are an LLC, so, you know, we can give advice, you know, however. Um, no, all cool. Uh, I'm going to miss you, John, but Josh, I'll see you next week. I'll be in Salt Lake. I, I think we're probably going to get together and maybe do something. Uh, John, jealous, man. Have fun in, have fun in yeah, Mexico. I will so. be in Mexico. Nice. Sipping margaritas. Well, nice, if, nice. Uh, if you don't fuck up a hotel room, I guess we have to. So. Yeah, right. There's yeah, that. I'll probably I'll probably leave that to you guys. Oh yeah, we're wild and crazy <laughs> over here. Shane's not going to be welcome back at the fucking <laughs> stay in suites. My company's going to stay. Like, Marriott. What the hell? Why is this a five hundred dollar donkey removal on your receipt? What the fuck is going on here? Uh, it, it should be <laughs> wasn't fun. me. Yeah, it wasn't me. Yeah, yeah, I didn't do that. Anyway, so yeah, have fun, guys. That's cool. Have fun, John. And then Josh, I'll see you. Um, and then listeners go. You know, we've been kind of you know batting back and forth, but we've got some things lined up. We got some guests lined up. Uh, if I sound a little equi, which I feel I am, but maybe not. I don't know. I'm in a new, I know a new quasi studio type thing that I've been trying to put together. So it's you know, it, it functions better. I'm hoping. 
Anyway. Nah, it sounds pretty good. Yeah, good. Right, there's a little bit of an echo. Yeah. Throw some foam on the walls. There you go. Yeah, yeah right. I just got to fill it up. I think we're good. But um, but we decided I wanted to move into this space now before it was done because uh, I, we got a fun topic. I, I mean, who doesn't like this topic? Uh, and it's uh, cannibalism. Just fun for the whole family. Bueller? Bueller? Yeah, exactly. Everybody loves a good cannibalism joke. Hey. Speaking of dads. I, I said I was hungry. <laughs> Touche. Yeah, you kicked that one off good. Um, so we're going to roll into that, I think, if you guys are cool. Unless you got something else to kind of banter with. Uh, this is our own thing, and, and we'll discuss why we are doing it. I guess it's actually my mad scientist idea on my side, uh, and we can go from there. You guys got anything yeah. else? I mean, we could sit and talk about credit scores for the next 10 <laughs> minutes could, or so, but I feel like maybe we can... <laughs> We can just go into it. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, good call, good call. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a wise move. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's premise this with this. Um, so, you know, we're not the first to look into the situation in the world. I mean, right now, ah, there's some shit going on. You know, we got a pandemic, we got a war, we got inflation, yada, yada, yada. You know, I mean, I feel like we've, we've had enough. But uh, no matter how hard that is for all of us to do, the one thing is um, you, it can always get worse, and it can get much worse. And there's been times in history that we as human beings were forced to make some pretty grim decisions just to try and survive uh, past everything else that's going on. And as gruesome as the subject we're going to cover is, which, again, cannibalism, it's fascinating. Uh, fascinating and sad to think that people are driven to the brink of not only being classified as a human um, or barely a human, but just even societal standards, they weren't at all. So it leads people in to do some pretty crazy shit. Um, and that's what you get when you have no options on the table, right? So anyway, there's that. Um, listeners, we're going to go down the rabbit hole of cannibalism. We're going to talk about it. We stated it before. Uh, we try not to do topics on serial killers and murders. So this one's really not going to be a traditional, you know, we're going to briefly mention Ed Gein and briefly mention Je- Jeffrey Dahmer, but not... Crazy, crazy. You know, that's, I think, another podcast. But there's another side to cannibalism that I think we want to cover. Uh, some of it actually is some really fun facts. I, I don't know. I can use fun facts. Can I on cannibalism? Is that? Sure. Yeah. yeah I okay. thought they were pretty I mean, fun. It's America. It's a somewhat free country. True. You do True. some of the things you want. Yeah. yeah right. Very, well, it's getting very few, evidently. However. No, um, every day. Yeah. Right. So there's that. So, and you know, if you look at cannibalism in general, and when I researched it, we kind of put this all together, uh, you would be astonished on just how much is around us every single day. You know, you've got species in the world that they do cannibalism in their own ecosystem for various reasons. They do it to survive, uh, maybe more efficient, uh, maybe the best thing to do to their population or whatever have you, but it's built in in nature. So cannibalism in general isn't, I, I can't use the word, awful awful i think it just it needs to be looked at on a broader spectrum i guess we can say that and go from there um and there's some cool tidbits to it too so this is we're gonna go we got some scientific stuff we got some stuff that uh, happened in history which uh i wasn't uh apt to know whatsoever and it's kind of horrible that it did but um we're gonna kind of mix this up a bit you know kind of make jokes where we can leave things where they're at where we can and kind of go down the world of cannibalism So, open the gates. I'm going to eat your face! First off, let's break down some facts around the idea of cannibalism, including the name. The word cannibalism itself comes from 
the name that the Spanish gave to the Caribs, Cannibales. Uh, the Spanish accused the Caribbean tribe of ritualistically eating their enemies, but modern day scholars have doubts that it happened. Because the Caribs were engaged in battles with a bunch of European powers, many historians now argue that the cannibalism rumors were just a propaganda tactic by the Spanish meant to stir up fears. However, Checks. we have some evidence that the Caribs used body parts as trophies, so cannibalism is a possibility, especially as an intimidation measure or act of war. You think? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Americans in Vietnam used to make necklaces out of ears, so... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I mean... War makes people do crazy things. Uh, scary yeah. thing. Man. And also, like, wait, weird. Uh, medieval fucking Europeans were shitty. Hmm. Mm. Weird. Yeah. Anyway, uh, well, as far as history has been proven, the cannibalism has been around for as long as mankind has, which I think is pretty obvious. Fair. But, yeah. Yeah. Evidence in the way of bite, cut, and tool marks have demonstrated that humans would occasionally delve into cannibalism, feasting on their friends, relatives, and other members in their tribe. In fact, the entire globe is full of archaeological digs that confirm this, that prehistoric humans were violent, murderous, and cannibalistic, even in times when an abundance of food was present. Hmm. Um, yeah, and I mean, stupid people are usually violent and aggressive. That's right. You hit yeah. it right on the head. And a, a lot of it, too, I think was like ritualistic. Yeah. Oh, for sure. A big chunk. Yeah, we'll cover a couple things, I think, here. So. Well, so, another, po another point of fact is that cannibalism is natural, as strange as that sounds. The thing that gets in the way of it is the fact that it's just not socially acceptable. So as we evolved from prehistoric man to what we are today, so has the idea of being a cannibal. Nowadays, it's locked up in a very dark corner of the fabric of human existence and really just shouldn't be discussed or practiced, although some of us really didn't give two shits what the societal norm was or is, um, which I think it's a positive thing to uh, not be into cannibalism. So I, I think that's a good that's societal a thing that I can get behind. Yeah, yeah that's one societal yeah. norm I will uh, I will maintain. I'm, I'm not yeah, going to exactly. put that on my resume, and you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, while classics examples are, but not limited to Ed Gein and Jeffrey Dahmer, both from the good norm, <laughs> both from the good old USA. Excuse me, <clears throat> Terrar from France, which we'll discuss in a bit. Uh, Peter Bryan from England. Sutomu Miyazaki from Japan, John Bunting from Australia, and the list goes on and on. <clears throat> Another point is the fact that it may have been done for necessity. For example, it has been proposed that the infamous Aztec human sacrifices may have been more than just rituals, but also an act of ecological necessity. As pressure to find nutrition for fast-growing populations, it's theorized that so would human sacrifice and cannibalism. However, this is only a theory due to what's understood about the Aztecs. They generally performed human sacrifice in times of harvest, maybe as a thanks for having our backs to the gods, rather than times of famine. To add, the nutrients gained from human consumption would not have been a big help. And we kind of go into that in a little, well, shit right now. Yeah, I mean, how about a fun fact, guys? Uh, fun fact. Love them. There are only about 1,300 calories per kilogram of human muscle. Uh, compare that to a full 4,000 calories for bears and boars. Mmm, boars. Right. And it becomes pretty clear that human meat is a piss-poor source of energy. 
However, to break down calories you can get from different parts of the body, here are a few examples. A human brain might fetch you about 2,700 calories, while an upper arm contains approximately 7,400 calories. Damn, what's up, biceps? <laughs> I know, I was going to say, it depends on the arm, but eh, yeah. <laughs> What's up, chicken wing? <laughs> um, an entire adult human male contains around 1,000, or sorry, 125,800 calories. Uh, so, I mean... Oof. Oof, that's skipping a That'll lot of McDonald's. You for a minute. Uh, I yeah. will for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, there are also different kinds of cannibalism. Uh, the two most popular are endocannibalism and exocannibalism. Endocannibalism means eating dead people with the belief that the souls of the deceased can live closely to their living families. Lame. <laughs> exocannibalism means eating others in order to get hold of their life forces and powers. Based. <laughs> a good example are soldiers eating the meat and organs of their dead enemies to get their powers. Usually selective body parts are eaten depending on what part is believed to give you said power. The brain forgetting the knowledge of their enemies, the heart forgetting the power and courage of their enemies, the legs forgetting the enemy's speed, so on and so on. The belief about eating parts of people to gain strength or endurance continued. Female virgins were a high commodity due to their blood, including their menstrual blood. Mm, yum. Wow. Delish. Hey, if you haven't gotten your red wings, you're not fucking living. True. Bone apple tea. <laughs> well, young men hanged to death were prized because many men had uh, posthumous erections after death. Yum, Sexy. yum. Erections were viewed as strength and virility. There's also a type of cannibalism that almost every single one of us do, and that's involuntary auto cannibalism. Almost every human being alive today practices this by eating dead skin cells, biting fingernails, etc. Currently, the term placentophagy, placentophagy is gaining ground. This is where the placenta is eaten after childbirth, and it's known to increase strength and replenish nutrients after birth. And I've heard of this mm -hmm. for a while, and I'm not knocking anybody that does it, I guess, yeah, yeah, if that's yeah. what you want to do, but like that is that would be a line that i would not cross so yeah, well, i mean i don't yeah. even want to fucking have kids so i there's that too well so here's a little side note real quick so the book that i took some of this off of uh surprisingly enough named cannibalism but it was the fun part of it, it was like the species and you know the sh tiger shark eats its own you know yada 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 but he had a whole chapter in there about going to a woman's house and this is what she does her and her husband they have like seven kids she has a company they she has like placenta in the freezer they broke it out he put some peppers and stuff in there cooked it all up and the kids are running around and and he sat down and ate a dinner and placenta with this and i just i i can't i mean Reminds yay for me having an open mind from but, hannibal but um yeah, yeah totally i mean i i crazy. don't think there's anything morally wrong with it i guess no. yeah it's not like you killed yeah. somebody to get it you right. know, yeah it's you and your partner deciding to do that to consenting adults to Doing do it. Shit, so it's none of my business. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, all right, we'll do it. But that is a, that is something that me and my lady, um, not, not going to imbibe. I would never go from. down that road. <laughs> um, well, there was a book series by Orson Scott, Scott card, the dude that, uh, wrote Ender's game in that series. Uh, that's basically set in like the 1800s. It's like, kind of a fantastical retelling of like the joseph smith story it's super weird um weird but like he was mormon yeah oh yeah yeah that, mm. that's part of why 
it this is part mm-hmm. of it um but in that like they save the placenta of the character that represents joseph smith and like throughout the book sometimes people will like taste uh his placenta and like see the future and shit it's oh, fucking Jesus weird Christ. it's actually a really good fantasy book series but like because it, it also goes back to like weird ancient alien shit um yeah but mm. yeah but it's just weird that he included that i was like why do you need that (laughs) (laughs) he was a weird dude well there's also Uh, survival cannibalism which i think we are all almost more familiar with yeah so we're going to cover a few stories in regard to this type so more on that later but lastly there is medical cannibalism and this was practiced widely in europe during the middle ages medical cannibalism meant eating human parts for medical benefits because everybody in the middle ages was very, very smart, highly intelligent people. <laughs> Way on top of their game. Huge. It was widely it was widely believed that human parts were perfect for curing several ailments such as gout and headaches. Human fat was capable of successfully treating rheumatism and arthritis, also for healing wounds. And human blood could treat conditions like epilepsy and other forms of spastic conditions. And I'm sure it cured all of those things. Oh, um, 100%. 100%. We've just, we've just gotten too far away from where we used to be. Yeah, so, we're the dummies. Well, and so, and yeah. uh, according to like NPR and shit, like in Africa still today, like uh, albino people are considered like magical. And they'll like, mm-hmm. if they find them, they'll like cut their arms off and shit. Fuck. Fucking crazy. Could you, if I remember right, to eat, like, hang one of those on a chain. Certain cultures, it's pretty fucking wild. Is that how like absorb their magic and shit? Yeah. Jesus. Well, I don't remember the exact country or tribe that was into that, but. Well, and it's it's still happening though. I mean, that's. Yeah, it was pretty recent. It was pretty recent. That's crazy. Well, this whole thing. So um, I'm going to go ahead and go into the whole uh, medical version of this because this is a story that I stumbled on and I kind of find it hilarious, but at the same time, weird. Um, Fun story around this was a close to the extinction event of the Egyptian mummies. Do you guys ever hear about this at all? Stumble on this whole thing? I never have until, uh, until, until here. Yeah, crazy. Um, I don't think so. So one of the weirdest substances in medical history uh, was a goop that Europeans once slathered on rashes and wounds and gulped down in drinks was known as mummia. It was made by grinding up ancient Egyptian mummies and was credited with healing a staggering range of ailments. The European mania for the mummia began in the early 1100s, and by the 16th century, it was one of the most common drugs in the apothecary shops across the country. Physicians, alchemists, surgeons, they brim with praise for this whole substance what it could do. Uh, Robert Boyle, known as the father of modern chemistry, believed mummia was one of the most useful medicines commended and given by our physicians for falls and bruises. Uh, mummia, it was claimed, could heal sicknesses as diverse as coughs, pungent pains of the spleen, hysteria, diarrhea, inflammation of the body, epilepsy, headaches, boners, and aided in childbirth. You name it, it did it. Everything. So, damn, I need some of that shit. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> way before Viagra, right? Uh, to add to the mummy shortage, it was also used by artists in paint. Um, so it brought out like the deep hues, the the darker paints, like the reds. They would mix in with mummies, and that's you know a lot of the stuff we have that we see way back when. That's from that. Um, so anyway, mummies really were fucked. I mean, they couldn't even catch a break. If you found a mummy, it was done, right? So the reason why it was so popular was a simple misunderstanding, and this is kind of where the story gets a little jaded and crazy. Um, start as an interest in the medical properties of butamin. 
So butamin is a naturally occurring pitch-like mineral, uh, kind of a form of petroleum or asphalt that bubbled up in the Middle East area. So the Greeks, as well as others, believed butamin had the therapeutic qualities. Uh, During the Crusades, European soldiers learned of the drug's remarkable attributes, carried this knowledge home, and the demand for this stuff went through the roof. So the few sites where the substance seeped from the earth were unable to satisfy the new European appetite for the medicine. Uh, People began to search for alternative sources of this rare mineral. The ancient Egyptians were known to have used bitumen as an embalming agent. So the idea came about to pillage ancient tombs and scraping the substance from their long-dead tenants. We now call them bombed ancient Egyptian dead mummies uh, because when the Europeans first saw the black stuff coating these ancient remains, they assumed it to be this valuable bitumen or mummia. Uh, the word mummia became double in meaning, referring both to the butamin that flowed from nature and to the dark substance found on the ancient Egyptians. So basically, they just misconstrued the two, where it was kind of the same thing, uh, which it wasn't, evidently, uh, which then led to a misunderstanding that the entire mummy, not just on surface, could be ground up and used. And yeah, so, good job, guys. There you go, mummia. And I remember stumbling on it a long time ago, but it just created, like, people were drinking teas, people would be... Like, I couldn't even imagine that's that's my job is, okay, we got three mummies to grind up today. Good luck. I just fucking, oh. I don't know, you know. The whole time I just wanted you to be I'm like. in the grist mill. Mummy. Uh, oh, mummy. Uh. <laughs> I thought about it. It was on the tip of my tongue. Was it? Uh, yeah. But then I'd be speaking Italian. All day. Yeah, yeah. As an Italian, I find that racist. <laughs> mummy, uh, mummy. Uh, isn't uh, that how they all talk? Pretty sure that's what I hear. Wow. Jesus, John. God. Well, anywho, the question remains, however, is there any legitimate science behind eating body parts and the effects that has on the human body? Funny enough, there is. So once a person commits cannibalism, his or her brain is flooded with dopamine, which increases the feel-good factor, a feeling that of snorting cocaine. Hell yeah. That feels real good. So this is why, not that I'd know. But no, I would, I would never. I, I, would, I have no idea of what yeah, that's yeah. like. No, no, but no, no, no. Uh, this is why once a person samples long pig, he or she can barely resist. Oh, we also forgot to mention there's a name for the human body to be eaten, and that is long pig, which was named that way because a lot of serial cannibals said we taste like pork, the other white mm. meat. Delicioso. Mm. A little Chianti. Little with the kidneys. The dopamine rush really seems to be the only positive thing that cannibalism can give you, but explains how a lot of cannibals in history repeated the horrific routine. Needless to say, this is really the only benefit, if you can call it that, uh, that eating your fellow human being can give you. Uh, there are other things that people eating will give you damage from. So if you are on the fence on whether or not you should invite the sexy neighbor over for dinner, Mm -hmm. literally stay with us as we cover the not so glamorous side of cannibalism right after this break. Stand by. Believe in UFOs felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain. Contemplate the other side of reality. Do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense? Well, look no further than Strange Uncles. Find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945. Open the gates. So... 
We briefly mentioned the meaning of endocannibalism earlier, but are we going to bring it back around to and discuss one of the biggest side effects from this? And that is a prion disease called Kuru. Kuru is a rare, incurable, and fatal neurodegenerative disorder that starts with laughing and giggling, jerks and muscle spasms, then loss of function of the body, and then death. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I don't know if you guys remember the movie The Book of Eli, you know, Denzel uh, Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think post-apocalyptic, so. Post-apocalyptic, real fun. Mm-hmm. But in it, they're always like, <laughs> show me your hands, and it's so that they can see if your hands are shaking because that's like an indication of having Kuru, and that was how they could tell if you were like, uh, You know, I have, it amazes me people and whatnot. how you always loop it back to movies every single time. Man, it's just awesome. It's a true talent, sir. So. Thank you. I appreciate that. I watch way too many. <laughs> right. <laughs> in the early 1950s, uh, explorers started to research Papua New Guinea in the infamous, uh, or sorry, and the infamous cannibals known as the Foray. This tribe consisted of a little over 36,000 people with, with around 170 different vi- villages throughout Papua New Guinea. Medical researchers from different countries soon realized that they discovered the Foray, after they discovered the foray, that there was an odd disease that randomly affected different members of the tribe. In 1961, Australian medical researcher Michael Alpers conducted extensive field studies among the foray with anthropologist Shirley Lindenbaum. Their research suggested the epidemic may have originated around 1900 from a single individual who lived on the edge of Foray territory and who is thought to have spontaneously developed some form of Creutzfeldt-Jacob disease. I don't know Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Alpers and uh, Lindenbaum's research conclusively demonstrated that Kuru spread easily and rapidly in the Foray people due to their endocannibalism funeral practices in which relatives consume the bodies of the dead to return the person's life force to the sky. Hmm. Uh, the ritual was actually pretty fucking intricate. Um, corpses of family members were often buried for days, then exhumed once the corpse was colonized by insect larvae, at which point the corpse would be dismembered and served with the larvae as a side dish. Uh, sounds like uh, gross ass kimchi. Um, the ritual was elaborated as the body was taken apart and prepped, depending on what uh, what part it was. The women of the tribe would be the ones to perform this with the children watching, as uh, every single, and we mean every single part, of the body was broken down and used. Ugh. Right down to the bones that would be put in the fire, stirred, smashed into a powder, and mixed with liquid to be drank. Due to the fact that the women did the prep and the men didn't usually attend the ceremony as well as uh, not perform in cannibal stuff as much as the women, the women were eight times more susceptible to catch Kuru as -hmm. well as the children because they were helping out and snacking. Um, While the 4A people stopped consuming human meat in the early 1960s, when it was first speculated to be transmitted via endocannibalism, the disease lingered due to Kuru's long incubation period of anywhere from 10 to over 50 years. The epidemic finally declined sharply after half a century from 200 deaths per year in 1957 to no deaths from at least 2010 onwards with sources disagreeing on whether the last known Kuru victim died in 2005. Jesus. Um, 
That's just pretty wild, man. Just kids uh, in the smash, back fucking cheese. Smash bone powder. Yeah. It's like the original emergency. Yeah, no shit. Oh. Well, that's like, uh, yeah, man, that's fucking wild. That's like basically mad cow disease in humans. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and then to think there was like they they got it down to like maybe one on the outskirts of the village, and from there, and then there's more to add to it where they would it would be within families because as they did the funerals, the families would travel from different tribes for different family members that migrated. And so that's one of the reasons they were able to track it. They're like, wait a minute, this one family, for some reason, is all getting knocked down from this thing. So let's figure out what's going on. It's just fucking crazy. I, You know, people that take the time to do the research or something like that, fucking mind-blowing. So, interesting. Yeah. I think prion diseases are pretty fascinating, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, well, not to get more funner, but we're going to. Uh, there are other examples in history where maybe cannibalism wasn't part of the culture, but due to circumstances, it became the only fucking option, sadly enough. Uh, we're not to cover famous stories uh, like the Donner Party, which we talked about earlier, um, but we're going to couple. Uh, we're going to cover a couple more rice bread spots in history where large populations of people found that they really didn't have a choice. The Russian famine of 1921 to 1922, also known as the Povozhye famine, I believe, is our first example. Uh, it was a severe famine in the Russian Soviet Federated Socialist Republic, which began early in the spring of 1921 and lasted through 1922. The famine resulted from the combined effects of economic disturbance because of the Russian Revolution and the Russian Civil War, like anything else, uh, the government policy of war on communism, the rail systems that could not distribute the food efficiently, yada, yada. So a bit of background on Russia during this time and kind of what happened. Um, The Russian people are no strangers to famine. You know, this is kind of a common thing. So Russia was a nation of vast land reserves, but because most farming was done by hand with little machinery, Little infrastructure, uh, productivity was very low, and many peasants lived hand-to-mouth. The success of Russian harvests often hinge on favorable weather conditions. So Russian farmers experienced droughts every five to seven years, each producing crop failures, drops in yield, and food shortages, which they kind of expected. Um, These droughts were a significant causal factor of the Great Famine. A good example on this is in the Samara region, the average May rainfall was 38.8 millimeters. But in 1921... The region received just 0.3 millimeters of rain. That's a pretty fucking drastic drop-off, if I must say so myself. Well, and also, even when they did create um, yields and everything, they would Mm -hmm. have to just give them up, and it didn't matter if... Like they could right, eat right. what they were farming. Yeah, Yeah. and they it it wasn't like true communism, like from each... From his means to each to his needs, it was... Like the government was like, we're going to take this and distribute it how we think we should distribute it. Exactly. That's the other side of it. But also most of the, like Russia is fucking gigantic, but Mm -hmm. most of the land isn't really arable. It isn't really suitable for farming. Right. Which is a big part of why what's happening in Ukraine is happening right now. Well, Ukraine's uh, mainly they got a lot of wheat that comes out of Ukraine, right? Oh yeah, just because got, of that like, way rich yeah. soil there, and that's a big part of why what's going on. Yeah, is, it, it's crazy. What's going on? Yeah, it's amazing. And there, there was because as they moved toward communism, and actually they were taking some patterns off China at the time too from before because they had a philosopher where he's like, oh, oh do this and do this, and yeah, exactly. The government said, well, we're going to farm, but we're going to you're going to farm for us, and you're going to do it in this thing. So it ran a lot of the rules out. But you know, we'll, we'll kind of. We're going down this. So um, the drought also took a severe toll on Ukraine. The black soil region that produced more than one third of Russia's grain and cereal crops. Uh, Russia's total crop yield in 1921 was about half of that of 1913. 
Due to all this, the stories of famine, which sometimes led to cannibalism, uh, began to appear in the Soviet press in the autumn of 1921, each one more gruesome than the last. Um, so this is going to be a little graphic. So, you know, I mean, obviously listen to the podcast, but I don't give a shit. But anyway, um, the situation is pretty grim. Uh, rural villages, according to the documented writings, uh, many had fled to the cities or other regions, leaving entire families dead in their homes. Those who survived lived off whatever they could find. Seeds, acorns, grass, weeds, tree bark, even the corpses of dead animals. Uh, government officials in one town advised starving residents to dig up the dried bones of animals, grind them into flour, and bake a bread substitute that has a nutritive value of 25 cents uh, more than rye bread in spite of its unpleasant smell and taste. And this was actually in the newspapers. They're like, look, you want to survive. This is what we recommend for you to do. So people are like digging shit up. And there you go. Um, Yay, communism. I know, right? Jesus Christ. There were other stories that started to be reported. One was a woman who refused to let go of her dead husband's body. Quote, we won't give him up. She screamed when the authorities came to take him away. She watched while they took the body and once outside began cutting parts off of it and tasted it right in front of their house. Wow, Another that's a fucked up. Oh, fuck. Another count was from a cemetery uh, where a gang of 12 men and women dug up the corpse of a recently deceased man and devoured his flesh on the spot as onlookers watched. Uh, there was a man captured by the police after the murdering his friend, uh, chopping off his head and selling the body at a street market to local restaurant owners uh, to be made into meatballs, cutlets, and hash. Good friend. Yeah, right? And then there was a desperate mother of four starving children, saved only by the death of their sister, age 13, whom the woman cut up and fed to the family. Um, another account was about a father who had killed and eaten his two little children. He confessed that their flesh had, quote, tasted sweeter than pork. As the death toll increased, yeah, just fucking horrible. So this is, again, eh, yeah, cannibalism is not as funny as you think it should be. Yeah, sorry, guys. Anyway. What kind of father would say that, though? I, I, I don't know. I Holy shit. I'm skeptical of that account. Like, you're starving, but like all of a sudden you're like, I ate my daughter. She tasted sweeter than pork. Well, you know what? Honestly, that goes back up to the whole thing. The only thing we can get out of cannibalism, according to science, is the dopamine rush. And so fucking lost his mind, I guess. Out of just starved, I I don't know. I don't know. It, it's yeah. It's I want to say the uh, werewolf of Wisteria, Albert Fish, said similar shit about eating children. Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, I remember reading a story about that guy. He was fucking something else. That dude. Anyway, anyway. Oh yeah. Um, legal trading human flesh also emerged. Quantities of nondescript meat appeared in markets in Russian towns and cities. Some of it undoubtedly human. An aid worker wrote of the situation in late 1921. Families were killing and devouring fathers, grandfathers, and children. Ghastly rumors about sausages prepared with human corpses, uh, parentheses, the technical expression was ground to sausages, uh, though officially contradicted, were common. In the market, among rough hucksteresses swearing at each other, one heard threats to make sausages of a person, unquote. So, yeah, you know, you're facing with uh, death or survival. There, yeah. There you have it. So, the sky is well, you know, staying on the communist train. So, have you guys ever heard of the Great Leap Forward, also known as the Five Year Plan? Ah, uh, this is around the uh, social revolution or whatever, right? The Cultural Revolution. Yeah, it was uh, uh, yeah, an yeah. economic and social campaign led by the Chinese Communist Party from 1958 to 1962. Chairman Mao Zedong launched the campaign to reconstruct the country from an agrarian economy into a communist society through the formation of people's communes. By 1958, private ownership was abolished and all households were forced into state-operated communes. 
Mao demanded that the communes increase grain production to feed the cities and to earn foreign exchange through exports. These reforms were generally frowned upon with the peasants, and to respond to the resistance, the peasants were called to meetings and were made to stay there for days and sometimes weeks until they voluntarily agreed to join the collective. Fuck. To add to the already awesome, fun environment that the Communist Party was selling to the people, they implemented major social changes in the countryside, including the banishing of all religious and mystic institutions and ceremonies, replacing them with political meetings and propaganda sessions. This did nothing but continue to fucking antagonize the people, although a few good things came out of the new party, such as allowing women to initiate divorce if they desired, ending foot-binding, child marriage, and opium addictions. (laughs) I mean, progress Uh, at a price, I guess. Right, yeah. Okay, you got something. Well... Anyway, taking food directly from the people along with the only thing they had left, which was religion, led to a proverbial nightmare that soon turned into a countrywide famine. As labor was diverted to steel production and innovation, this led to the harvests that were being left to rot. Add to this that the local leaders would exasperate the grain supply numbers so they stayed in good grace with the new government, which shrank the supply even more than what was reported. Uh, It's estimated that around 20 to 55 million people starved to death. Mass starvation was largely confined to the countryside, which started to lead cases of cannibalism. And I kind of have just like a quick little excerpt of a a quick little aside of that. So Mao Zedong had like this thing called the four pest campaigns. And so basically during this, they thought that the sparrows were just eating all this grain and seed and all this stuff. Yeah. And so they were encouraged. They, they went, on this campaign of like everybody kill as many sparrows as you can like and sparrows were just being murdered like crazy like people would surround nests and like just bang on pots and pans so they couldn't like uh couldn't like land sleep or do and they would just yeah, die yeah. of exhaustion yeah. and um so they ended up just like killing the sparrow like the eurasian tree sparrow almost to uh extinction and so the one, an ornithologist pointed out that sparrows ate a large number of insects as well as grains. But while the campaign was meant to increase yields, concurrent droughts, floods, lacking sparrow population, decreased rice yields. Um, sparrows were replaced with bed bugs as the extermination of sparrows had upset the ecological balance, which subsequently resulted in surging locust and insect populations that destroyed crops due to a lack of natural predator. That's fucking nice. You know, then yeah, you add really cool that you into fuck it. with the ecosystem and, yeah, just blows up in your face. Yeah, and then yeah, on top like, of that, dude, nature has a way of taking care of itself. You know, what right, I mean? right, right. Well, and then you added the fact that you know the fucking people are lying because they don't want to get killed. They're yeah, like, well, oh, Mao Zedong, yeah, Mao Zedong was a fucking idiot. Oh, yeah, Jesus Christ. Like yeah. I have a a big problem with anyone who thinks Mao was good, who thinks Stalin was good. Like fuck both those dudes. No, they're yeah. pieces of fucking yeah. trash. Yeah, and Mao didn't even have like I'm pretty sure he had like a fucking seventh grade education or something. Like, Jesus. He hated, like, yeah, for people, people in charge. Like, that's great. Yeah, but I mean, that's going on a. We go on a whole other down. <laughs> this is about cannibalism. This yeah, is yeah. Let's, about, let's, you know. let's let's not talk about stupidity. Let's uh, let's keep on. <laughs> God. Stupidity well, and just straight evilness. Oh god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, 
As food reserves in the countryside diminished, peasants began dying in droves by the summer of 1960. They collapsed in fields, on roadsides, and even at home where family members watched their corpses rot, lacking the energy for burial or even to shoo away flies and rats. Some families would hide the remains of relatives in the home so that the living could collect the food rations for the deceased. Don't which, blame them. I mean, that ah, makes sense. You know, sure. Church got to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, hunger drove the starving to forage for seeds, grasses, leaves, and tree bark. And when even these became scarce, they boiled leather or ate soil just to fill their stomachs. So Jesus. it's basically... Uh, sorry, even when it destroyed their digestive tract. So this is basically like what a lot of people in America were going through in the in the shanty towns in the 30s during the depression. Yeah, yeah, it's similar. Yeah. The depressions, the depression. I, I don't think it's widespread, but some similar. I mean, it, it's you know, it's repeated in history, fucking forever. You know. Yeah, I mean, when you run out of food, so, you run out of food. Yeah, you still right. got to eat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, given the prevalence of hunger and exposed corpses, some inevitably turned to cannibalism. Although this invoked or sorry, involved scavenging for the most part. Occasionally persons, usually children, were intentionally killed as food. Mm. Uh, rarely did this happen within a family, but stories are told of villagers exchanging their babies to avoid consuming their own flesh and blood, which I guess is like... Uh, I can't... Better okay. than yeah, just killing your I own kids, I guess? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'd just rather die than eat my own child like even if i was starving i'd be like i'm just gonna fucking kill myself yeah placenta yes child (laughs) it's a step up just a step up i draw the line at placenta (laughs) (laughs) the placenta falls to the floor (laughs) anyway um a quick story from a first-hand witness author yan lianke who endured the great leap while he was growing up in henan was taught to, quote, recognize the most edible kinds of bark and clay by his mother. When all the trees had been stripped and there was no more clay, which is fucking dirt, he learned that lumps of coal could appease the devil in his stomach for at least a little while. Oh, Jesus. End quote. Like, uh... When you're down to that point... coal? Yeah, no shit. Right? You shit that out. Yeah. Jesus. Anyway, very yeah. painfully, I'm, I imagine. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't yeah, maybe yeah. as a diamond. I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's go on here. You know, the fun never stops. Um, it's sad and awful as it is to hear governments subjecting their people to these environments, forcing them into the brink of damn near not even resembling a human being. There are other stories of people that, for some reason or another, was just born with medical conditions that literally can't be explained. Uh, we mentioned in the beginning that there was going to share a story about a popular cannibal known as Tarar. Uh, so we'll wrap up this with this weird situation, which I want to include this because, you know, everything else we've talked to, we've covered the, you know, the nutrient value. We've covered this. We've covered that it's kind of in our nature. We've covered some of the horrible history. And now we're here. And this this is fascinating me. Um, the story of Tarar is one of the most bizarre in history. Around 1772, Gerard was born in France. As a teenager, it became apparent that Gerard was different from other people because of his endless need for food. His parents eventually had to disown him because Gerard ate everything in the house, including the pets. Uh, Damn. Yeah, I know. I fucking, hey, we brought a dog home. Hide it. Hide it. 
Um, in his 20s, Terrar was a warm-up actor traveling charlatan. He would swallow corks, stones, live animals, and whole apples. To satisfy his hunger, Terrar would eat anything available from the town gutters and garbage piles. His bizarre ability soon caught the attention of the government, and Terrar was subject of a series of medical experiments to test his eating capacity, which, hmm. as one does, um, Terrar was known to eat live cats, snakes, lizards, and puppies. On one occasion, he swallowed an eel without chewing. Despite his unusual diet and illness need for meat, Terrar was one of the normal-sized man with no signs of mental illness. What do you mean no signs of mental illness? He's <laughs> fucking from, eating cats, from snakes, outside, lizards, and puppies, and one time he swallowed a meal without cat? chewing. That I, is the definition of a mental illness. <laughs> I meant from the outside, sir. Don't, don't From the outside, that is a d- definition of a mental illness. I just don't understand how you can eat a live cat. I, I have well, a live puppy. How about well, maybe, yeah? Well, I, I mean, like specifically claws. And have you ever picked up a cat that didn't want to be held or ate? I well, I wonder if he just kind of like <laughs> picked it up and just like took a bite out of it, and then it, like eventually he just like he, he just started when it, it was alive, and then it. He, yeah, I I, 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 just I don't. Picture it's fucking to shove crazy. A cat in his mouth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> with, with all the paws out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with it being like, oh fuck no. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, <laughs> I just I doing that shit. I just came here to play with a ball of yarn. What's going on? Uh, yeah, one, but it didn't <laughs> seem like he had any mental illness, though. So that's yeah, well, I mean, you know, he looked normal. Let let's say that you know he wasn't. Well, because you know, fucking the seventeen hundreds, everybody psychology, looks psychology was fucking it at its peak. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Um, so anyway, aside from that, he was described as having unusually soft hair and an abnormally wide mouth, in which his teeth were heavily stained and lips were almost invisible. Uh, Terrar constantly suffered from foul body odor. He was described as stinking, quote, to such a degree that he could not be endured within the distance of 20 paces. Uh, General Alexander... Garlic. I know, right? Um, General Alexander de Bernis, uh decided to put Tar's abilities to use, and he was employed as a courier by the French army. He would swallow documents, pass through the enemy lines, and recover them from his stool once safely at his destination. Hmm, sanitary. Uh, all right. Um, Tarar was strongly chased in for his hunger and wanted to fix the problem. He agreed to submit to a procedure that would cure his appetite, but it failed. While at the hospital getting treated, Terrar would sneak out of his room and scavenge for entrails left in gutters, rubbish heaps, and outside the butcher shops. He attempted to drink the blood of other patients in the hospital and looted the corpses in the morgue. After falling under suspicion of eating a toddler, <laughs> go figure, uh, Terrar was ejected from the hospital. In 1798, he reappeared in Versailles, uh, suffering from severe tuber- uh, tuberculosis. Uh, tuber- God. Tuberculosis and died. Yeah, which uh, out of everything to kill the guy. Yeah, I mean Jesus Christ. Damn, I, I mean like, uh, couldn't he have caught that sooner? I right, and just been done with it for sure. I mean, technically, um, he died of consumption. Uh, yeah, oh, true. Hey, What's up, dad joke? There you are. <laughs> hey, I like those New Balances you got on. Those are sweet. Um, those at, the eight oh eights. It's sad, you know that, sir. After his death, Trar's corpse rotted quickly. At the autopsy, his body was found to be filled with pus. Uh, Trar's liver, gallbladder, and stomach were abnormally large, and he was covered in ulcers. Um, there's a story of him. There's another man with a similar case to Trar. Is a Polish soldier named Charles Dummery, uh, 1778 to 1800. Uh, Dummery is known to have eaten a hundred and. I hope you sit down over there, Josh. 174 cats in a year, and although he um, disliked vegetables, <laughs> he would eat four to five pounds of grass each day. He was unable to find other food. 
Um, during his service on the French uh, frigate Hoche, he attempted to eat the severed leg of a crew member hit by cannon fire before other members of the crew wrestled it from him. So, I mean, I get the grass. Yeah. Like cats like to eat grass when their tummies are upset. So, uh, eating that many cats, his tummy was probably upset. Yeah, yeah. so he goes to the Give grass. Me some grass. That, that makes sense. That totally Four to five sense. pounds. That's, yeah, well, that's a lot of grass. That's, that's a lot of grass. Lot that's of like grass. a lawnmower basket. Well, <laughs> even cats have more than yeah, one. Yeah, it's like you just ate my you know. entire backyard. Yeah. When I like let it grow a little bit. Where's this guy for? I do lawn maintenance. Do you? Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna. Well, I was gonna get a goat, grass. but I just got this weird Polish. I got guy. this guy. He's, he's munching about there. <laughs> I, just, I don't know what's happened with cats. I haven't though. seen my dog. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, lost a finger. Um, so anyway, with all that being said, we want to kind of wrap up on that. Uh, yeah, there you have it. Again, not a complete chronological detail of all the cannibalism, all the other stuff, but you know, small tidbit. I get it, tidbit. Anyway. Um, sadly, this phenomenon is still with us, uh, where stories continue to come out of the woodwork of people that still resort to it, uh, due to technology and gains made across the world to provide what people need. You really don't hear about the famine stuff as much as in history and everything else, but who's to say that we won't end up in that place again, but, uh, it doesn't take much for society to collapse and then we're right back to square one again. And there's still things in the news of people that just, they just do it because they do it. I mean, the recent is like two years ago. It It's a thing, evidently. Well, you know? yeah, I mean, there so. was that dude on the bus in Canada that like fucking... Oh, yeah, freaked out and fucking... Dude and, oh, yeah, you know he's yeah. out of prison and living in Winnipeg right now? Yep. Oh, hey, good yep. for him. Yep, it was a kind of... Actually, and I cannot really... He was the... Uh, was he a Japanese or Chinese? I want to say he was a foreign... He was a Canadian resident, but because of their laws... It, it basically he got released because of Canadians like because he wouldn't accept him in some mental asylums and they just kept passing him on. Yeah, and now he's free doing his thing. So yep. yeah, yeah. They since it was like a they deemed him like it was a mental illness or something, and they deemed that he was okay now. Yeah, and you so that story and he literally like sawed a person's yes. head off. On, on the, the bus as people on a are, greyhound. and as they're people, outside like, the, the bus the watching it. Yeah, in the middle of the night. Like if you haven't heard that story, it is beyond gruesome. And they couldn't yeah. get him off the bus. He just hung, and everybody was outside waiting for the police yeah. to show up. As so just, if you live in Winnipeg, uh, fucking I watch your door. Be careful. <laughs> yeah, maybe he was adopted. Take solace in a Timmy Who's. Yeah. Anyway, oh, well, and again, um, there's so many different ones out there. You know, the, the Donner Party, Jeffrey. Oh, even the story of the Donner Party. I read really in detail about how that whole went down. All the grass is green. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it fucking went crazy. <laughs> but anyway, and cannibalism. Well, there you go, gents. I mean, I, you know, I well, learned like, something. Oddly, we, we kind of mentioned uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. And I've been hearing a lot of stuff lately that, like, the cannibalism aspect of his killings was like way played up just because there was kind of a yeah. mini satanic panic going on at the time. Well, he had a, he was sexually attracted to body parts. Yes. There's like, more to it than that. like, like yeah. the cannibalism. He, it was like a sexual thing for him. Like he was attracted to people's like biceps. Mm-hmm. And so it like was a sexual thing for him. His cannibalism. Yeah, but I I guess what I'm saying is like what I've been hearing recently is that it at the time that all got played up to be like a a bigger thing than it was. 
but I don't know. I haven't like read any well, firsthand sources. A, another you know I mean? good another good thing is we talk about Ed Gein. I mean, and honestly, he got lost in history because you know the whole Texas Chainsaw Massacre is based off Ed Gein, but the shit he did yeah, but, was fucking horrendous, and a lot yeah. of that got shuffled. You know. I mean, nothing to do with fucking saucers and chainsaws, anything like that. He had like a lampshade made out of human nipples. I mean, the guy was just you yeah, know, a lot yeah. of nipples. Yeah, it's a lot of nipples. Uh, yeah. So yeah, anyway. bowls made of skulls and all yep. that stuff. Yep. The whole fucking thing. He was something else. From that yeah, I mean, I guess there's a large array of why people resort to cannibalism. I think in survival mode. Yeah. You know, what are you gonna do? You either die or. You try yeah. and get some protein. Like, I mean, I can. I, I mean, I get. So, look at the um, the I think soccer when you're team. In survival mode. It is what it, it is. It, exactly. Yeah. The soccer team yeah. is a prime the soccer example. Team, the Donner you know, Party. The Don- yeah, like, exactly. But when you look at some of this other stuff we covered, uh, aside from like the famine's horrible and this other stuff, but uh, you know, to break it down, and the one thing that got me was auto cannibalism. That you know, there's so many different, and we cover the highlights, mind you. There, there's other sections of cannibalism we really didn't get into those were kind of the more prevalent ones but uh it fascinates me because people just don't think about it like that you know even on a smaller scale and the book i was reading actually started talking about uh it started out with um the animal kingdom and what they do in the animal kingdom and they do it to you know make sure the population is in check make sure the weakest isn't around yada yada like it's it's bred into them. i mean it, it's it's evolve you know it's evolvement it's evolution at, at that oh, point you know or like yeah. cats i mean don't cats sometimes eat their young like um maybe sometimes uh but like big cats like wild cats will sometimes eat like domestic cats um and uh, I mean, just like, like when the mother has like a litter, like sometimes she'll kill a few of them. Yeah. I've yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, gerbils do that too. Yeah. And, and hamsters. Um, There's a and- shark. There's a shark species that literally will eat. It's in the embryo. It will eat the other eggs so it can grow and begin. Yeah. So literally before. Well, I mean, humans born. do that too. Like, eh, in a uh, weird, but yeah, yeah, true, true. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Birds do it also, like the Shrike specifically hunts other birds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd like to end on more of a funny note. I saw Please. <laughs> a fucking one of those videos on Instagram where they've like dubbed dialogue over like an animal video, and it's a dude feeding a hard boiled egg to a bald eagle. And the bald eagle's like, oh, man, I know this weird, it's like cannibalism shit, but this shit's so fucking good, man. <laughs> That's so dumb. That's fucking funny. On that note. Yeah, it's so dumb, but I laughed my ass off. It's fucking hilarious. Well, anyway, that's cannibalism. I don't know. You know, I appreciate you guys uh, joining me for it. Uh, interesting, if nothing else. You know, we kind of made it fun, I suppose. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's that. So, um, if you guys got a story, anything you want to uh, donate, any kind of a topic, anything, you know, by all means, you can write us strangeuncles at gmail.com. You can call us 801 252 Let us know. And then we can go from there. Uh, like we said in the beginning, we've got some guests lined up. We've got some of our own original writings. Uh, we're looking good. Had some good feedback, by the way, uh, from a couple of Patreon members that I shipped your guys' way. So, you know what? Yeah, the loyal members we have are pretty loyal and they like what we do. So, uh, you know, if you are a listener, tell somebody else, let them know so we can kind of gain some traction here. It's only been five years. So, you know, we can go from there. So, anyway, do you guys yeah, got anything? Thank you, patrons. Yeah. Uh, I was just looking at 
my cat big business over here and she's uh she heard me say something about eating cats and she was not happy yeah i'm sure um <laughs> so you can find us at strange uncles podcast on facebook and instagram you can find us at strange uncles on twitter you can check out our youtube channel um i think that's about all where we're at because none of us have the energy for tiktok i can't dance yeah well, you know, hopefully uh, we get more responses from Twitter because now Elon Musk owns it. So, you know, there's that. So we're really hoping to drive some people there. Um, you know, yeah, win-winner. So anyway, total joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's such a fucking Tweet what a nightmare this world is. Him. Oh, my that God. That should help. It's fucking crazy. Anyway, so, Josh, I will see you next week. John, enjoy Mexico. And uh, everybody, that, uh, that was Strange Uncles. Close the gates. You boys like Mexico?